On Sky Sports Radio, time to review the weekend's racing with our stable of experts. He's pretty exciting, this guy. Streeting his rivals. Who impressed? Who didn't? Horses to follow. And have a look at the time. And your calls. Welcome to Punter's Postmortem. Really starting to go through his gears. Just continues to raise the bar. Yeah, good morning. Welcome to Hunter's Postmortem on this Monday and looking forward to a big show as we jump into February now and what about uh, the performances of the weekend at uh, Rose Hill. It uh, was sensational to watch via the television screens at the Sapphire Coast, which is where I am at the moment. A great weekend, great to see some country racing and great to see two horses now eligible for that big dance, of course, on that first Tuesday in November. Uh, Cup day, it'll be sensational to see how it all unfolds and uh, great emotion yesterday from Paul Murray with winning point. We'll talk more about that uh, as the morning rolls on here on Sky Sports Radio. And I want to just mention again, as I did to the big sports breakfast boys at the changeover, uh, Millie Boyle, uh, who uh, was uh, well, is one of our superstars of female rugby league in this country. Uh, great to see her at the Calcutta here. A big crowd at the Calcutta on Saturday night at the Club Sapphire leading into the Cup yesterday. And I've got to mention, and I know that there's a lot of trainers and industry participants out there that do a lot for charities and whatnot, but Barbara Joseph and the Jones boys, they donated a share on Saturday night, which was auctioned off and went to Johnny Patton and Andrew Price over there from Wagga and Orange, and they bought... For 5000 a share in that horse and all of those uh, funds go to the Trainer Group Foundation for Millie Boyle, which is uh, a game-changing education program for Australians living with disability. It was Millie's first time as well at a Calcutta. She was so impressed with how it all went and the, the fact that there was so many female jockeys in the race and female trainers. And obviously she t- spoke about her own endeavours in female sport and just how far she's come from that little girl running around the south coast to now running around as a superstar. So it was great stuff, uh, great stuff from the Sapphire Coast Turf Club as well to get her on board and um, just shows again how strong country racing is in New South Wales. Let's get to our guests because I want you to phone in today, 13.53.53. Ask these gentlemen uh, their opinion on your questions. Uh, we've got Chris Roots, Richard Callender and David Gately. I might go first to you, Richie. Good morning. The Gay Waterhouse two-year-old juggernaut just rolls on and on, mate. Again, two nice horses. They win and they're going to have a stack in the, uh, in the slipper. Yeah, don't forget Adrian Bott. Um, uh, look, there's no doubt that uh, I can't I can't remember in my time a uh, a juggernaut like the uh, the Bot Waterhouse combination at the moment with the two year olds. They they turn up, they race on speed, they tough, they keep going. Saturday's times would expect you to see Lady Camelot right amongst it. I say it's a different grade when you get up to Stormboard. But good morning. Good morning to you, mate. Uh, and yes, you're 100% right, Adrian Bott as well. They are a formidable combination, those two. And I think Gay has, has acknowledged it. Well, she acknowledged it pretty well after Stormboy won the million, saying, listen, if it wasn't for Adrian, uh, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing, continuing with my career. Uh, Chris Roots from the Sydney Morning Herald, you've seen plenty of good two-year-olds. Where do you think now, as we start to filter through, this year's crop lines up with what we've had in the past? Yes, morning, Dave, Richie and Gator. Um just amazing. They've won four million dollars in the first six months of the season. We didn't start racing with two-year-olds until October. They've won every million-dollar race. They've got the favourite for the million-dollar race, the two-million-dollar race on Saturday. 
just keeps rolling on, and they'll be sending Lady of Camelot down to Melbourne for the Blue Diamond. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's on its way down. It's on its way down there. That that that's been confirmed. They'll the Prost will probably stay here, being a Kiora horse, looking for the big prize, which is the Golden Slipper for a st- for a stallion. They ran exceptional time on a day where where surprisingly you did you couldn't really be on the fence. You had to be off the fence. Um, Lady of Camelot sat on the fence, ran time, got within. 0.02 of West Ricardo's track record. Well, I haven't seen the data scenes yet, or well, whether the, the, the times were out, but the track's certainly on fire at, at Rose Hill, and um, they just continue to show up. And um, if you see Tullock Lodge next to a two-year-old, well, you can back it. Bet with confidence. You certainly can. David Gantley from our Melbourne studio joins us as well. Gator, whilst we have this good racing in Sydney, and we'll dissect them because I know you'll have plenty of data. I think we saw a star uh, in Melbourne in the last, Jimmy Star. And chatting with Kieran Maher last week, he might just sneak this horse up to the championships for a big handicap. Yeah, good morning, team and punters. Um, yeah, he does look extremely exciting, doesn't he? I mean, to the eye, he was, he was exceptional. Um, we'll dissect the, the clock as we go. And Jimmy Starr, what he also did was pretty much defy the pattern of the day. Um, you know, pretty much everything was coming through inside saving ground. Um, he peeled out, ran straight by Who Dares, who's not a superstar, but he's a good little horse. You know, he just ran well in a listed race, that horse. And he just won like a good one, didn't he? You know, sometimes you just have to trust the eye and uh, not be fooled by, uh, not fooled, but not necessarily be a slave, let's say, to all this hashtag data. Well, well, let's, <clears throat> the boys, let's jump into it and look at the two-year-olds first. We, we did touch on them, obviously. And as I said, we'll take your calls on 13.53.53. If you've got a question for the boys on any of the racing over the weekend or anything in general, even looking forward, I'm sure they'd love to hear your thoughts. I'll start with the Canterbury, where we saw Prost very good on speed, uh, Richie. Didn't mind the, the run of Fearless, too, back and wide and sort of showed some good acceleration there. And I'll, I'll get a comment, too, on Traffic Warden, what you thought there, too. Yeah, look, I, I think they're all pretty good. I think they're just probably the grade below uh, the top draw, I think it's fair to say. Look, Prost was good. Look, sat outside, I think it was a King of Rousseau. Um, got the job done. I'm, look, and you mentioned earlier about the fence. I know that they're getting... I'm not convinced. I, I think we overplay it. It's like Friday night they, after three races. You've got to look at the SP profile, what prices horses are starting. You don't run whatever it is that Lady Camelot run. What did it run? One... One eight one oh two five or something like that. You yeah, don't run that hard against the fence if the fence is off. Like if anyone's saying the fence is off, I'd I'd like to sell them a unit. Um, look, Cross was very good. Sat outside. Fearless got plenty to learn. Traffic Warden was good. Probably needs more time to wind up. But I say it's a, I say it's a level below the top the top draw. What's the the numbers then, Gator, to come out of the Canterbury? Uh, yeah, pretty useful. I mean, you sort of look at the day. It's funny, I watched the races as we all did on Saturday, and I, I see the time that Lady of Camelot ran, and then I see our Cobison breaker track record, and I'm, I'm going, I'm gonna, I go ahead and assume the whole day is going to be super fast, but it wasn't. So I think that adds merit to both wins of those horses. Um, if you're comparing the two-year-olds uh, on the day, uh, well, there was no comparison, really. Um, you know, Prost uh, was good. They went, uh, what was it, 0.18 slower, first 500 Prost race. But a 1.32 compared to 1.25, I mean, had the races been run together, um, you know, Lady Camelot, uh, you know, beats Prost, you know, what's that, um, 
you know, some full length. So uh, it was just a faster race, simple as that, uh, the Widden. But pro- the, the Prost race in its own right was still above class average, you know, off a good speed, 2.2 lengths above, around one, one and a half lengths above. So um, on, its, on its own, good, compared to Lady of Camelot, different class. And I'll come to you, Chris. What about some news to come out of the Canterbury? Um, obviously, we had the scratching with uh, Excel indeed going to Canterbury Friday night and beating, being beaten by, I think, a very smart Godolphin horse on the line. Uh, they went this way with Prost. Kiora having a really good run, aren't they? Yeah, they've um, taken a... I was speaking to Steve McKean, who runs the Kiora, the Kiora brand, and the, he just said, we, we decided that we're going to support... Uh, start racing again, and they've certainly got a, a large group of horses. They've got horses around a lot of lot of different trainers. They're also um, shares with Aquas Farm and a lot of these horses. And um, of course, they're learning to fly last year, and they look like a good one. They've got a good one in Prost. I sort of agree with Richie. I think this is a this is the a step below. The interesting thing about the Canterbury was coming into the into the parade. They were coming down the coming down the run down the, down the straight there as they do it um, as they do at Rose Hill and the first thing you heard was traffic warning yelling out and letting everyone know he was there he was just a bit of a lad for the day he he was very fresh and he raced like it he raced like it he was very cultish and he he got into a nice spot and just never really let go so um, if they can knock that out of him maybe he can forgive that thought fearless was really good from back in the field. Fearless will go to Melbourne now and race in the Blue Diamond. Be another one that uh, avoids avoids the Golden Slipper and the and the, the the A graders in Sydney for now. He'll go down there. It works out pretty well. You have got a month from the Blue Diamond to the Golden Slipper, so you can run in a Blue Diamond and have another another cr- crack into a Golden Slipper. So, um, but that's that's the option they'll take there. Prost stays here. He was he was good enough, but when you compare it to the Phillies, like. The Phillies that ran second and third were basically finishing right with Prost, and they finished in a bit of a clump behind them. So that just adds merit to Lady of Camelot. All right. Well, let's talk about the the Widden. And as I said, thirteen fifty three fifty three is the open line number. If you want to jump in, get involved. Um, I'll come back to you then here, Richie. So Lady of Camelot obviously SP'd quite short. We had that scratching of Celerity at the gates. Uh, J Mac hurts the foot, um, but it's going to be all okay. And the clock, I mean, when you were watching this race, did you feel as though they were going to do something like that on the clock or was it just, uh, did it take you by surprise? Well, that was the story of the race, J-Mac, uh, Australia's best jockey and, you know, alongside Ryan Moore, probably the best hoops in the world. Um, and then Celerity getting scratched because there was some good money for Celerity. It had trialled on Tuesday. Uh, I'd done, I'd hosted the trials on Sky behind Chateau Merivale, trial nice. So there was a wraps around for the filly that she was going to run well. She looked, um, Lady of Camelot, she looked like she hit that flat spot. But wow, when uh, when Tim moved, uh, I think it was the persuader from one hand to the other, she just found another gear. Look, I, I'm a little bit tempered in relation to the times. It was just blistering. Um, look, on the eye, what we saw the day, she's top draw. Yet, I just wonder, is she up there with the, the best of them. A lot of jockeys that I spoke to, I spoke to half a dozen. Five of the six I spoke to all thought the track was far too hard and a lot of horses struggled to stretch out. Lady of Camelot certainly didn't. She just let down. And 
times don't lie, but you've just got to believe your eyes sometimes. She was very good. What about the the clock, Gator? Did did she appear to be doing what she was doing via the clock when you were watching her visually? Uh, well, no, because yeah. uh, she would that would make her the fastest two year old ever to run, right? <laughs> wouldn't it in the history? So my eyes not that good. <laughs> but, it's a, um, I, I think it surprised me more too the clock, considering she did hit that flat spot. She yeah, did the same thing in her trials, didn't she? Yeah. I mean, she she just she raced exactly like her trial. Uh, I, I watched the the trial, and she it was only like a seven forty meter from memory. Correct me if I'm wrong. And trial, but she just took a, a, a bit to wind up, but then builds speed, builds um, that strength. And you watch her in the trial, fifty meters past the line, she's eight lengths in front of her. A hundred meters past the line, she's ten lengths in front. She just keeps on running, and this is what. It, and then she goes to race day and does the same thing. You know, at the 300, you're going, hang on, what? all this money, they've, they've backed her as if she's, they already know the results, got the almanac from Back to the Future. But then she built, she, she's got that, those depths of endurance, clearly, because once she dug, you know, once she went to those, um, those resource, those systems that you need to be an endurance athlete, she just kept on running and powered to the line. I mean, it was, I was super impressed. But, um, you know, if we all had the same opinion, there'd be a one horse in every single race. So um, I respect all views. But for me, I think she's. Um, uh, I think she'll run twelve hundred on her ear, uh, beyond. She just looks like she'll keep running. She looks like a little jet. She does. Uh, what's the news to come out of the Widden, Chris? Well, as I said before, she goes to the Blue Diamond to Adrian Bot yesterday. Um, when it was as much as thirty-one dollars, when you talked to Adrian Bot last week, and some smart yeah. hunters have taken that. Taken that, I, I know, and um, now I think she's eight dollars and um, four fifty. She's four fifty oh. now, equal favourite with Coleman, which we'll chat about in a moment. Yeah, um, Gator, do you have the sectionals for her from the four to the two and the two two home, and how how she how she run run those compared to the clock compared to the average? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, so let me go back a step here. Uh, so home eleven twenty four, um, last six hundred thirty three five six. Now compare that against all horses at Rose Hill, she's five lengths faster. Compared to two year old uh, Group Three grade for her own sex, she's still four lengths above it, and that was despite running along at a strong speed. So normally when you see those sort of uh, that sort of closing speed, it's off an even tempo. Uh, so they're jogging, jogging, sprinting. Um, she's been able to sustain speed from the start to the middle to the end. And that's, you know, how you get a fast time, I guess. And what was interesting with it, when we were watching it live, you thought, oh, this might be in a little bit of trouble about the 300. And then when she kicked out of gear, she just put three lengths on them so quickly. And um, she's just natural speed, natural two-year-old. Um, we'll go to Melbourne and... and as long as she handles Caulfield, she'll be right in that race at at, um, at Caulfield in a couple of weeks' time. Now, uh, that Blue Diamond market, um, I'll just run through with the tab. So this is a tab figures. Coleman at 4.50, equal favourite with Lady of Camelot. High Octane there for Sydney as well at $6. Anenza at $8. Bold Bastille at 9 Bodyguard has gone $8 out to 11 Back to eight, back to eleven, and stay focused at eleven as well, and then fully lit 
Also there in that all-in market, of course, the English Millennium favourite is at $15. So that's the Blue Diamond. The slipper market with the tab, which uh, these all these markets are open. These are all in, take note, both the slipper and the Blue Diamond. You've got Storm Boy, $3 favourite. Shangri-La Express, $8. Switzerland uh, at $8 after the win, what, uh, Saturday week, two Saturdays ago. Lady of Camelot into $11. Espionage at 15 and you've got High Octane at 15 Bodyguard at $17. So um, Switzerland was favourite for the English Millennium, Chris, wasn't it? And they've elected to go a different way, haven't they? Yeah, Chris Wallace said, and um, he, he left him, he, he never makes a 100% unequivocal statement. He said, we're 90% to go next week because he wants to go three weeks, three weeks, two weeks, and very similar preparation to Shinzo last year. Um, I think he just wanted to get an extra run into this horse, and that's that's that was the option at the moment. He was taken out out of markets last night. Um, there might be a couple of horses that take the opportunity for a week two million dollar race to um, to um, throw in a nom here, and and it might affect the Blue Diamond mm. Proudes. Mm. Okay, so fully lit there three fifty. Uh, how do you feel, gents? About I mean, I'll come to you here, Rich, as a punter. Do you? Would you prefer, if you were backing a horse, uh, say like a Lady of Camelot, would you, pre- would you be keen on backing in the slipper now considering they're going the Blue Diamond? Like, are you a fan of those horses uh, that, that can go to both these races? Because it's mighty hard to pick uh, a horse for, for two big grand finals. Oh, look, I think nowadays they, you don't win Saturday races in Sydney if you're almost rock hard fit anyway. Um, the old days are saying I'm 70%, 80%. No horse wins in town now that's not well and truly into the 90% and close to 95 and 100%. It's too competitive now to, to win races. Um, every every horse, like every human, is different. Their constitution's different. Some horses have got to be looked after. The reason, and I wrote it in my column last Tuesday, I think that's what Rita was referring to, that Switzerland would miss the English race, was simply because Chris uh, had told me that it's only going to be off one preparation and therefore three weeks and then it works better into the Golden Slippers where they're thinking with Switzerland. So they think top draw. Um, I think he's got his job to cut out if he's going to get anywhere near Storm Boy, but he's certainly coming from, from left field. The horses going the Blue Diamond and back. It's not like the old days where you used to go down to, you know, halfway down and have a camp overnight and go there. They travel overnight, they get there, they get there in comfort. Uh, I don't think that should worry. Horses move about each state and now uh, up and back. It's it's just whether the horse has got the constitution to do that. And I think Adrian would know which horses can and which horses can't. All right. We'll take I think it. Also, we'll go, Chris. also, Dave, also, Dave the, the idea that it's only four weeks to the slipper, you can have that run. Like, it used to be six, and that was a, you had to have a run in between. You can have the Blue Diamond run, get get up to Sydney, have a fresh and maybe a trial, and be, go straight into the Golden Slipper now. So, it, yeah. If you look back since it's been four weeks, the Blue Diamond horses have run a lot better in Golden Slippers. We will take a break, gents, uh, on Punters Post on this Monday. Phone now if you've got a question for our boys. We're going to look at some other races in Sydney and Melbourne on 13 53 53. That's the open line number. You're listening to Sky Sports Radio and Punters Postmortem. You most certainly are. We've got Richard Callender, Chris Roots and David Gately in the chair today on Punners Post Mortem. And uh, we're taking your calls on 1350 We've got a caller. Anthony is on the line. G'day, Anthony. Hi, how are you going? 
good, mate. What's your question for the panel, mate? I'm just calling, um, as probably Gator knows more down in Victoria, about the Dubai Moon, the horse that won three races in one week. Yep. Yeah, just wondering what you think about horses racing, like how often and that. Gator, are you there, mate? Yeah, I'm here. I, I didn't fully grasp the question, but I'm, I'm not smart, so there's that. I, I, I um, think it's in reference to, to horses backing up. and yeah. Frankie, actually, Frankie yeah. Stockdale's horse, Gator. Yeah. Frankie Stockdale's yeah. horse won at the picnics um, and then backed up. and Well, it, it raced on the 13th of January, the 20th of January, the 26th of January, the 27th of January, <laughs> and the 1st of February. He's won his last three. Gee, I wish I had that capability to back up like that. But um, he, uh, I think Richie hit the nail on the head earlier. Like every single athlete's different. You know, there's there's some that just relish racing. You know, you think of the elite. Um, if you're talking elite, a horse like Jamaica uh, would just she could run almost every day. She was just a machine. Whereas others are a lot more um, not fragile, but a lot less. Um, you know. They're just, they're just made differently. So they just their strength areas rely, rely in different areas. You know, gap between runs for those sort of athletes suits them better. So, we, yep. we call those horses that need breaks between races, we call them the Australian fast bowling cricket team. Yeah, yeah they get a freshen up, don't they? It's, uh, <laughs> and you get paid well. Anyway, I missed my calling, clearly. Uh, just, just on Frankie Stockdale, by the way. Uh, he goes, uh, he's just got himself hard fit. I can't believe how well he is. He's jumping out of his skin. He's done a treat yeah, since the other day. So he just had to go around and he couldn't stay home. And that just shows a man that knows his yeah. horses. And obviously um, three from three. And it is interesting because it's, um, we had a situation where Vane and Vader won here at the Sapphire Coast on Saturday uh, with a big weight for Teresa Bait up. Now, Teresa obviously scratched the horse, but he was in the cup field. He, uh, he he could have snuck into the cup field. So, you know, horses backing up that quickly, obviously if they win and have success, everyone goes, how good? But if the horse doesn't have success, I'm sure there's people out there looking, oh, why would you be backing up the horse? So it is a, a different game uh, these days with it's, all the different it's perception. A, yeah, it's a different era, day. Like, uh, yeah. I've, my old man, we've spoken about different times that the horses have won twice in the day, run in the first, run in the last, but... Um, you, you can't run twice in the one day now. But I, I don't think it was that long ago. It might have been an Anthony Cummings horse who ran second at Canterbury on a Friday night uh, and then was heavily back the next day and, and I think might have run second again or might have won on Friday night and backed up. But um, it ran, it was heavily backed on the Saturday but got beat. So it, it does happen on the odd occasion. But, yeah, you've got to be... You've got to be... We're a little bit soft on horses now with... Uh, but you know that's all come from from learning. You know, it's you know it, it, every athlete you know does different now. The, the footballers don't go to the pub and have a pack of cigarettes and sixteen schooners nowadays. They get into ice baths. They do recovery. It's because we've learnt as society. We're more educated on how the best thing is for um, the the welfare of an athlete going forward, and that's why you know everyone's different. But some some react different to the new process. And they can still find trouble on the ice baths. And, uh, mm. and, and uh, yeah, anyway, uh, Mitch is joining us at our next call. G'day, Mitch. Um, good morning, gentlemen. How are we going? Very good, mate. What's your question? Um, well, geez, after that. Uh, Damien Lane, fellas. Um, are we picturing him, well, one, winning the Victorian Premiership and two, making a move for North to the Championships? 
Oh, well, I'm reckon... surprised he wasn't yeah. in the championships. Um, he, I, he's been regarded as quality for many years, Damien. And you know, it's like everyone's parochial. I think you're like every Victorian. You'll tell me, yeah, tells me Damien Olver's the greatest jockey they've seen. I think Damien's you know, in the top echelon, but I wouldn't dare put him in the same breath as a Darren Beeman. So I think we're more parochial where it comes from. Damien Lane, he's a quality. I, I can tell you, the first ever ride he had for Chris Waller. He rode a horse, uh, I'm imposing for us. It ran last, nothing he could do, barrier one on a rock-hard track. Now, he's, I've got no doubt we'll see more of Damien uh, up here in the championships, the big dog. Uh, he's as good as any jockey in the country, big fan. Mm. Boys, any any comment there? I think, he, I think he, what is he on in Victoria? I think he's leading that uh, premiership at the moment, uh, Damien Lane. I personally believe that uh, your top three, and it changes every week, but I think you've got um, Frosty, Damien Lane, J-Mac and Nash. I think that's your top three at the moment, I but think, that can change every day. I think he's got to look at his results, Dave. He's been to Japan. He's very popular over there. He goes back to riding derbies. They don't fly jockeys into different countries if, the, if, if they're not getting a big advantage. And that's what Damien Lane gives you. The moment he, he gets on and he, he's becoming a bit like Jones, he's, punters, punters have to take a shorter price because D Lane's next to its name. And um, don't forget, a couple of years ago, he was going for the Grand Slam, uh, which is the Golden Slipper, the Caulfield Cup, the Cox Plate and Melbourne Cup in the same year. He'd won the first three. So... You know, that gives you some idea that he gets on the right horses and when he gets on them, he wins. He certainly does. Uh, let's talk about, we were talking before about the two-year-olds uh, in Sydney. I want to get Gator's opinion on this Coleman who uh, raced earlier in the day uh, there in Victoria. Um, of course, the meeting at uh, Caulfield on Saturday. Uh, how good is Coleman? Um, because we saw a very professional, stylish performance by this Pirata Colt. Good to see a, a nice horse that Pirata has thrown too. He was a great horse for Gregory Hickman. But that's now two from two. Two from two, Gator. Yeah, going into the race, it looks pretty even. I didn't have a lot between Coleman and Anisa. I loved the trial of counter-offensive with a horse who won so well last week here in Melbourne. And and even Scampi, I thought, trialed well. Um, so I had some, some queries going into the race. Coming out of it, um, there was one outstanding performance and one excellent performance, and uh, Coleman was, was outstanding. I mean, similar to Lady of Camelot, just the late strength. It, it's such a great quality to have, isn't it? Um, and, and he, too, built his speed because counter-offensive was still two lengths clear of him at the, about the 250, and you were thinking live, you know, watching it well, you know, he's been off the map as well. Is he going to, you know, find that extra depth of, of endurance at the end of a sprint race? And he did that with GST. He had 59 kilos, so he gave, uh, you know, the others the two kilos and, and powered away from the 2.7 lengths, the margin, over Anisa, who's no slouch. Incidentally, um, you know, she was ridden cold round home well. They had an identical last split, those two, 11.24. So Coleman sat closer to a solid speed and was still was able to run the same uh, time as Anisa for the last 200. His last 600 sectional, very good um, relative to two-year-old uh, class. Six lengths above Overall time, a length and a half above. Now, it was a pretty quick day, so we have to factor that in. You know, hot, you know, quite warm conditions, fast track, inside lanes advantaged. Um, so factor that in, but very, very, very good. Good to see the Matt Laurie stable doing, um, getting some success, Gator. I mean, they spent a bit of money on this bloke. I went and had a look last night. I think 
550000 they went for at the Magic Million sale uh, for this particular horse. So they, they really obviously wanted him. They liked him. And as I said, Pirata, good to see him with a good horse up and early. No, I agree on all fronts. Um, you know, I think Matt Laurie is, is extremely uh, well-respected as, as a trainer and he gets a good horse. He gets him to win. Now, punters are still uh, were wrapped with him probably after Coleman, less so with Midtown Boss. Somehow, somehow getting beaten. I thought it was the better of the month. But um, anyway, the great game. But uh, he had a great day. Two, two winners and a narrow second. Um, but three horses that are, are clearly going places. His other one, Miss Icelandic. He's probably benchmark grade, but she's, you know, there's a lot more wins in her as well. What about back up in Sydney? Uh, come to you here, um, Richie. Uh, race nine on the card, 20 past five. Um, our Cobison. They scooted away here. Dipsy Doodle really wanted to lead, and then uh, Kieran just sat there in behind. 108.3 they've run. You mentioned the track before. So um, just give us uh, you know, a, a brief overview of, of what some of the participants were thinking about that track. Uh, they would have liked a little bit of give, but that also is the, you know, it's been hot, muggy in Sydney. That's just the time of the year too. Look, if I'm talking from the participant side of thing, and everyone's got different views, but what comes first in racing is, is animal welfare. And we've learned over the last 30 years, by saying, oh, we've done this for 100 years, that doesn't work. Um, that's not the philosophy that we abide by. In rugby league and even in AFL, you, you look, we don't do shoulder charges anymore. Why don't we? Because we've learnt that, you know, the, the risks are higher. The odds are more that if you have uh, head-eye tackles or you have shoulder charges, that the risk of injury is higher. Now, we've learnt over time with horses that horses have less prepar- less runs in a preparation, pull up more sore and jarred and there's more vet work when there is a rock-firm track. Al Kobe's son is outstanding. Outstanding sprinter, outstanding. Angela Davies, an outstanding trainer. But Al Kobison's not what you'd call an Everest horse. And he's breaking a 27-year-old track record. I think that's when you start to think maybe the track is that little bit too quick. So it all comes down to a balance. I don't think we should be judging ourselves straight on um, track times in regards to saying oh, how good a horse they are. I think the first priority's got to be what was a lot of people doing on Sunday morning or Saturday night, whether they're having dinner, having a lunch on Sunday, while some trainers and their staff and the vets were there icing joints. Chris, any comment to that? Yeah, it's, uh, it is it is the time of year, and you make a good point, Dave, that you know how much water can you put into the track? And if, if, if they put a lot of water into the track, what, what would be the feedback from punters and participants but when well, I, can tell, I, can, I can tell you what the feedback would be that if if they put the water on the track and uh, it, things weren't going to plan with bets that are placed there'd be blow-ups yeah what what we've got to remember is and richie makes a really good point here here, here that you you can they've got to pick these horses back up the next day and you go for a run on a on a, on some on concrete and and um and run on grass, and you see the difference, and that's mm. what happens. You know, you've got to, you're, you're there icing joints. You're going well. I, I had a run plan in two or three weeks. Now it's going to be four, four or five weeks. It um, lessens the pool of horses and things like that. But in the same breath, there are some horses that love that hard, firm ground, and um, our Kobe son's obviously one of those. He was just outstanding. Like 
Dixie Doodle took off, and and Keelan just tagged him and drag you used him as sort of sort of a drag till he got around the corner. He sort of half got funny in his action coming around the turn, like, and he's done that a couple of times. But he's just he's still not there yet. This horse, he's still not still not doing everything right. But he, one thing he is, he's very fast. And the other thing, when they're running that sort of time, they usually slow down. He didn't slow down. He he just kept going, and that's why there was so big a gaps in the field. So. Um, outstanding. Now, Angela Davies, what does she do? She, she was sitting there after the race. She goes, um, she's got plenty of options. She could go to a, country, a provincial championships. I think she's leaning towards having a look at what else is around. Could probably still got to run in a 95 before it gets to open class. So um, it could be options of, of going to the, the provincial championships on a home track over 1,200 metres um, and then maybe think about running in the million-dollar final. The other option could be to go for a break. And, again, there's a race on our home track in May called the Takeover Target where she could um, she could go there and, and run in that. So they'll make those decisions in the coming weeks. In the, in the coming week. And, um, you know, it's just what's right for this horse. But I, I know we're going to be talking about it in different races in times to come, whether it's in the next month or so or later in the, in the season, in the winter, into a Brisbane camp. Carnival campaign because he's just a question. Yep. Gator and, and Ruder, do you think he'll have any dramas with 1400? I honestly don't think he will. I don't think he will. I think he, I think he tipped the 1200. I think, think especially if he comes, which you, you, you're aware of this, if he comes back a little bit more, his sprint could be actually more devastating at 400 if he, if he can organize himself. And um, Gator often talks about, um, Conserving energy. If you conserve energy and you can and you and and he can kick off that, he's got a big turn of foot. He showed that when Jones rode him the week before, uh, a couple of weeks ago. Once he got himself organised, he just put him away so quickly. So, I think if he if he can conserve energy, he's he's, he's in a he he's a horse that's going to be in group group racing and winning in group racing. Yeah, there's nothing I saw on Saturday to the eye nor on the clock that's going to tell me to stop me backing him at fourteen hundred. I mean. If you can absorb that sort of pressure, 10 lengths above average. So 34-3 off a standing start, they went first 600. That's motoring. And into the straight, he's still bolting. So he's been, it's as if he's jogging, you know, in conversation speed if you're going for a jog um, and just keeps on running. So uh, no reason to doubt him. Still got to tick the box, sure, but um, happy to back him. Would it, would you, what would you do, Richie? Would you freshen him up and go to that heat and then into the final and, and try and take the money here? Or would you... Think longer term and look look to maybe Brisbane and a takeover target. It's a it's a it's a great place for Angela and the 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 team to be. And the story behind well, the horse is even better. This year is the only year that'll be eligible for the country champ uh, for the provincial championships. Um, you know, I'll leave that decision to Angela. But the takeover target would be nothing. Uh, sorry, not the takeover. The twelve hundred metre heat there at Gosford would be an exhibition for our Kobe son. And um, yeah, I think he'd uh, he'd be my top pick clearly in the provincial championships at the moment, provincial mm-hmm. midway championships at the moment. Um, and just before we get to our next caller, gents, and by the way, markets are open as well for country championships and provincial midway. In the provincial midway, I've got to talk to uh, Tim and the boys because I think you'll find he's not even uh, in that particular market. 
So we haven't got our Kobe son in there. So if anyone well, from the trading be. team is listening, I'll text Timmy Ryan right now. Um, but I'm tipping he'll be going in there. Tavi Times 450 favour in that race with Fearson at $8, Spangler at 8 and Terra Mata. Uh, uh, is $8 as well. So our Kobe's going to be going in that market. And just before we get to the caller, boys, what, what is the optimum racing surface these days? What What is the best racing surface for putters and slash the horses? Are we talking something in the soft range? Oh, look, I just think there's something so that there's not um, verberations going back through the joints of horses. You know, it's... You know, you look at a lot of people and they run on the roads and they run on grass, they run on tracks, you know. I, I, even you look at the the hundred metre runners now because they're so pounding on the, the they don't run on they've got cushions in their tracks now so I just think we learn Dave and what's good for one might not good for the other but the, mm. what you've got to do is be what is best for the horse's welfare going forward and when you're getting horses pulled up I know we'll get oh and look my my thought process has certainly changed talking to so many trainers and seeing the horses pulling up sore and and. Horses are like human. They'd be in pain if they're on a really rock-hard track. It, 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 it does no good for them. We need to have some at least given the track. I'm not saying make every track wet. I just think we need to come to a stage where the horses uh, can, you know, recover better. Like footballers, we, we, we've got to make smart decisions on the data that we've got going forward. All right. What, Our next what, call, what you've got to think, Dave, oh, about it is, is, is that... Tracks develop during the day, and they get firmer, especially on hot days. So, you know, if, if they haven't put any water into them, they get firmer and firmer. So the horses later in the day get the worst of the conditions being... calling the worst of conditions being really firm. So um, I think Melbourne went to a thing where they wanted to start the day in the soft range to, you know, you know, to move into a good track, and I think that's something we've got to look at. I know Navesh Randani, I was having to talk to him on the Gold Coast, and his correct trains so well, he, he wants to be giving it a splash in the morning. And he said, it won't affect the surface, but it'll mean that, that every horse gets a good surface. So he, he's ahead of the game again, one of the, probably the best track creator I've, I've met in my time in racing. Our next caller, I think we've got uh, there online. Tim, g'day, Tim. G'day, boys. Love the show. Thank you, mate. What have you got for us? Got one for you. So we've got uh, shares with a horse with Bjorn. Takes it out to Bathurst on Friday, and uh, short price favourite dollar eighty. Barrier doesn't open, just hers. Oh, yes, no. I was getting to this. I was going to get Have to this. Have you seen this one? Have you seen? <laughs> so she headbutts <laughs> the barrier herself to open it. Misses the start twelve lengths. Runs the race of her life. Comes home and gets fourth. But the rules of racing say that if you come in top four, you can't be declared a non-runner. Mate, I feel for you. Stupidest rule ever in racing. Uh, I wrote about it, I reckon, eight times and then got nowhere. I'm going to do it again. I'm going to get on the bandwagon again and just keep hunting until we change the rule. It happens once or maybe twice a year. What should happen is uh, Racing New South Wales should absorb that and pay um, yourself and the other owners of Line of Law the fourth prize money. I think it was 1300 The horse should yeah. then be declared a non-runner or wagering refunded. Um, it was. It should have won be a hundred yards. Um, <laughs> I mean, like, we're not big. We're not big punters, so we're not backing her at a dollar eighty. So, but imagine if you did. Imagine if you had twenty grand on her at a dollar eighty, and well, I didn't have twenty thousand on him. I didn't have twenty on him. My son, but I had something on. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, it's, well, it, you know how you know how to blame now. You know how to blame about it now. Yeah, uh, just just one of those things. So, obviously, here's uh, a question for you: to get rules changed like that, how how quick can that be changed, or does it need to wait for a certain period of time before rules change, or is oh, it simply just bang, we can anyone, change that rule now? The stewards and the governing authority can change them at the strike of a, a strike of a pen. They can make a local rule. Uh, which is this also if Racing South Wales wanted to change the rule, they could change the rule in New South Wales. Um, the ridiculous thing is, if Line of Law doesn't go as well and runs fifth, it's declared a non-runner. Mm. So I've never known. Imagine being, imagine being in an industry where your customers get treated that way. It, it's wrong. It's bad. I felt for the owners. I felt for our customers, the punters. Um, Wow, it should—it just should not happen. It, we should, as an industry, absorb the thirteen hundred. That they, they get paid the thirteen hundred, and, and the horse, and then all wagering uh, is refunded. That's what should happen. I think what happened, Richie, was the the rule got changed a few years ago when somebody a horse ran third or, or and and was made a non-runner, and then the punters blew up because they didn't get paid. So, you know, I think I think if you go back, the history of the rule was. If that happened, you were declared a non-runner the night of fair start. But then, you know, it happened in a race. Something ran second or third or won the race. And they said, well, we've got to do something to protect the punters. And that's what they did. Is it a national well, rule or is it a state rule? If it's still... It's a national rule. Yep. It's a na- yeah, yeah, so we've got to make a local rule. You make a local rule. It's, but but why, why can't it, that be a national rule? I mean, Fannigan, we're all... We're all... Well, because David, then that takes that takes time, like you mentioned. Yeah. You can make it. You can make a local rule in about eight seconds. How long? And I guess here's something interesting. So, how long would it take to change a national well, rule? Does that involve getting to get, everyone together and to get all the states on in the one on the one book? Mm, <laughs> then next up, next up this morning on Sky Sports Radio is Jerry Seinfeld. Come in here, Jerry. Yeah, but isn't that disappointing? So, putting all beside all the the fact of. You know, we, Dave, we talk about, mate. We Dave, talk about. Yeah. We currently have two horses racing in New South Wales with the same name. So, <laughs> yeah. Please. Yeah. That shows how silly it is. Yeah, we've really got to got to look at all that. I understand. There's all you know, uh, you know, different jurisdictions trying to to do good things for them and, and promote their sport in their area. And I think that's that's fair. I think that stuff's fair game. You want to promote your particular race. You want to do this. You want to do that, and take each other on. Fair game, but from a general rule perspective, as an as an industry, it's um, it's madness, absolute madness. I think, all, um, I think we all agree that the rules rules now at the wrong end of things. That happens so infrequently that uh, that I think just declare it a non-runner, and you know you might have to wear it if you if you back the horse. You have to wear it if you back the horse. Because Chris, what oh, look. I don't want to say you look. If just say I was a jockey, and that had happened to me, and if you knew the rule, but that's what Robbie Downey wouldn't have been thinking of that when he jumped. You would have been thinking, "Oh, how do I get back into the race?" I would have just gone around at the back of the field. Yeah. The other you thing know, is Robbie Downey. You missed the eleven lengths, run around the back of the field, and it's, it's declared a non-runner because he tried his guts out, drove it, got into the race, and almost won. We, we we now our customers now get penalised. It's it, it doesn't make sense on any level. We got Macca on the line, boys. G'day, Macca. Hey, boys. How are you? Good, mate. What do you got for us? 
Um, I'm on Coleman in futures at $11 for the Blue Diamond. So good. Um, I was pretty pretty stoked about Saturday. But um, I'm hoping, just a shout-out to the Goulburn Empire Hotel, I'm hoping that the blokes at the CAB took my tip that I told them. I said, boys, I think you just want to get on this thing in futures at the Blue Diamond before this race starts. And, yeah, no worries. And I think you went over the EBT and put it on. So I'm just hoping those boys got on because it's now the $4 favourite for the Diamond. So uh, very, very, very impressive horse. And I think that if it was to win the Diamond, I think you'd want to be putting it on in the size because I think it's rent on that horse. OK, all right. Uh, are you a local at Goulburn or you just stopped in and yeah, got I on? Yeah, I you on Friday, on Friday in that Super Duty for quiz on my way to my brother's wedding, mate. Yeah, so that's why, yeah, so the, how did the wedding go up at, uh, it was in the Southern Highlands, wasn't it? Yeah, big, big weekend, I've nearly lost my voice, but I've, um, I'm pulling up alright, I'm getting there. So you don't live, so that tab you stopped at though, you, you don't frequent? Yeah, yeah, I do, yeah. I live down oh, there, good. Mate, I live down well, I hope Coleman yeah, does win no. for you, because I'm telling you, if it doesn't, they'll be straight into you. They'll be going, yeah. yeah. I'll, be honest, I'll be leaving, I'll be leaving Goldman if you <laughs> it's always the way. It's always the way. They'll be straight, and you'll be forever known as. Anytime you tip me, oh yeah, how's that Coleman going? Yeah, they're still looking for it. No, oh, it's the beautiful thing, the punt. Uh, congratulations to your brother again for getting married. And yeah, well, we well, we touched we touched on Coleman before, didn't we? Um, very very impressive and equal favourite for the Blue Diamond now at four fifty with Lady of Camelot. Andrew's on the line. G'day, Andrew. Hello. I'm just inquiring. Would anybody be able to help me? I've got a poster of Damien Oliver that I'd like to get autographed for a friend of mine who's uh, disabled, double amputee. How would you get that signed? Uh, How would you, you get that signed? Just get it, Dave, get, get, it, get his number and, uh, and that, and I'll see what I can do. I'll have a chat to someone and see if, I, see if we can get that. Ollie will do it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So we'll get your details, get them passed on to Chris Roots. Thank you very much for that, sir. Mark's on the line. G'day, Mark. G'day, Dave. How are you, mate? Good, mate. Mate, I'm going to be a little bit controversial this morning, and I want to ask Gator a question about Chris Dilly, if I could. Um, last Monday, Noms came out. She was nominated for the benchmark race. They extended nominations and, and, put her in the, and put her in the group race. And then on Saturday, you saw the sexual times... First 600, 36, 26, um, compared to 34, 33 in our Cody Sun. So my question is, I just found the first 600 meters, it had no chance when Bjorn uh, Baker's horse led. J-Max set out the side. She was six lengths behind, and they're coming home in 32, 32.48, compared to our Cody Sun, <clears throat> with the speed on, coming home in 33.97. So my question was, in my opinion, I would like to sooner stay in the, in the uh, benchmark race where there was a chance. I'm not here to say that everybody, the Dipsy Doodle was going to lead by that, that distance all the way and, and, and KB Sun was going to have to, yeah, run that sort of time. But she's the sort of horse, I, my cousin's got a, share, a small share in it, uh, that she needs to speed on. She's always had problems with her mouth and over racing and things like that. And to me, she had no chance where she was in the race, and my question was, if she'd run in the uh, the benchmark race, I think she would have run a, a really good race. I'm not say it would be the Alcatraz one, but I think it would have run a better race than what she did did in the in the way for age race. So running away for age was excellent still, but yeah, that was. I thought it was a really a terrific run, to be honest. Given yeah. she was keen early off that moderate speed. If you told me before the races that Dipsy Doodle was going to lead Malkovich, had the races been run together by 12 lengths. 
I would have just laughed you out of the, the studio, right? Um, so, you know, Melkovich is a pretty fast horse, but he led, as you say, in 36-2, first 600. So a dipsy doodle would have led him 12. <laughs> so those off the speed in that Lady Laguna race, mathematically, had no hope. You simply can't run that fast. Um, but they were the best yeah. sectionals of the day home in that race because they, they just jogged. It was an aerobic gallop for the first half and then a, a super sprint home. Yeah, thanks, mate. I just wanted to... Because that's what I saw, because I know this horse. What you did in the Percy Sykes, and you you would have a look through that race. How many horses out of that race have came out after that one, you know, one race at the next start? She is a very, very good filly. But, yes, she needs to have weight. She needs to have speed on. And she needs to have 12, 13, 14 starters. 1,100 metres going, hell of skelter, and she comes home in 35 and, and whatever. Unfortunately, coming home in 32, 48, she had no chance. Thanks, mate. I, I, I agree. I think she went enormous on Saturday. I think she went good. I, I think it was a blessing she didn't run in the Alcobi Sun race. First up on the break, I reckon she might have just been... Sometimes you get tired just chasing, and she would have been chasing from a long way out. I, I think it's a bonus for her for the preparation that she raced in the race she did. She would have got... I think she would have gapped in the other one, uh, how quick they went being first up. But, yeah, I think she's a pretty nice filly. I, I, I think Annabelle's going to have plenty of fun with her this time. Yeah, I think yeah, she. Yeah, I think you're right, Richie. She, she would have been run off of legs and wouldn't have been able to show what she did at the end. It's not. It's interesting that race, and um, I don't know if you had something to do with this, Richie. But they've they flipped the um, Southern Cross and the um, Expressway. That used to be the Expressway Stakes that race, but they've moved the Expressway back and it flows a bit better with that that handicap. Um, the Southern Cross into the into that race. So. Um, and it also gives you an option of um, using that race, like Annabelle has, to get a, get a run into uh, a three-year-old filly into the light fingers is where she goes next. We're going to take a quick break. Before we wrap up the show, we'll get some horses to follow. We'll take, hopefully, some more calls and be back very, very soon. This is Punter's Postmortem on Sky Sports Radio. You are on uh, Punters Postmortem. Richard Callender, David Gately, Chris Roots. And uh, a few people asking uh, Ron Duffersey, uh, when is he back in the chair? Duff will be back when Thoroughbred Weekly returns. So Thoroughbred Weekly, I think, is back next uh, Sunday, or it could be the following Sunday. But that's when Duff will chime back in on a Monday after Thoroughbred Weekly returns on Sky. Uh, Thoroughbred Central. So we're looking forward to having Duff back and uh, also some horses to follow, gents, for both these meetings because we've got uh, some nice horses returning looking at uh, the week ahead as well uh, on uh, Racing Australia not only we got um, well actually we had a, a trial this morning Gator I don't know if you've seen any of the Cranbourne trials this morning but Imperatrice didn't trial maybe as visually as good as we thought she would maybe this morning yeah I need to have another look I've only had a, uh, a look without sound on Twitter so I can't give you an, an informed yeah. opinion and even when I watch it I probably can't but um yeah, uh, to be advised, but it was a hot heat, that's for sure. Certainly was, and we're going to see that uh, at the trials in Victoria and also in New South Wales uh, in this week. I think we've got some Royal Ramwick trials on Thursday. Uh, we had Rose Hill, of course, uh, this morning, Kembla this morning with some trials, and even at our country meetings after races, keep an eye on some of those trials because you're going to see horses which are going to be targeting their respective heats, their district heats or district finals, I should say, for the country championships and then obviously onwards uh, to Ramwick. Are you doing any trials this week, Richie, for Sky Thoroughbred Central? I don't know, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you I, are, I, I, 
Good luck. Why is that? Uh, I, I don't know if I am. I'll have to have a look. No, no, not, not, not as in good luck like he's going to be a stitch-up, just as in good luck and it'll, they'll be good. I'm doing tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning, tomorrow perfect. Morning. We had Lindemann so, trial this morning at Rose Hill in that first trial. That, so we're having these group trials, guys, uh, as you well know, and our punters uh, should know. If you're wanting to watch these too, Racing New South Wales website, or you can catch them in full on the Sky Racing website uh, later this Savo. So Lindemann won the trial, deferring a tractable Navajo Peak, uh, Serpentine that trial as well. And then we had King of Sparta have a spin around too. Beat uh, Mumbai Muse, Coast Watch, uh, Zoo Gotcha apparently trialled very nicely along with Private Eye. They were in that uh, second trial. And then you had Fasil uh, for Gerald Ryan, Sterling Alexo win that uh, third group trial this morning. In that trial, in secret, Golden Mile, Revolutionary Miss. So some horses that are, we're definitely going to see over the carnival, fingers crossed, returning. And um, as I said, Richie will be doing the trials tomorrow morning. Where are the trials tomorrow morning, mate? Uh, Sunshine Coast in Toowoomba. Sunshine Coast in Toowoomba, <laughs> and then Thursday, <laughs> Royal Ramwick, and then of course we're rolling to more trials this week. Uh, in terms of meetings as well uh, for New South Wales and Victoria, I mean obviously we've got the uh, Royal Ramwick meeting on Saturday with the Eskimo Prince, the Lonro, the English Millennium. Uh, so they'll be uh, be feature day there on Saturday, and at Caulfield on Saturday. Of course, the two preludes for the Blue Diamond, the Autumn Stakes as well, the Group 2 over 1,400. Um, it'll be a cracker. The Rubiton, the CF4, the big Group 1, where we get to see Mr Brightside kickstart his Wait for Age campaign. So good horse to back, Gator. Yeah, they are that. Uh, well and truly into it. Um, and uh, yeah, looking forward to next week, very obviously. Mr. Brightside, by the way, 190 V8, $6 in that CF4 stakes. And a tissue has been a big firmer, $26 into $8 for I think, a I tissue. think you'll find Michael D will take the ride on a tissue. Michael D for a tissue. There you go. Third line of betting. Uh, what price did I open here? $26. Boy, oh, boy, if you got that, well done. Uh, that's the... uh, Dave, I think you can get carried away with a few of these markets. So when they finally <laughs> for... work, work out where horses are going and all that, I didn't even did, – uh, they bet 26 I'll take your word for it. But They bet um, 26 Wow. So, look, I'd imagine, Rudy, you'd be more up to date who's going to run. I think there's only going to be a field of seven or eight. Is that right? Yeah, I think that's a, that's right. And it's um... – it's the there's Group One horses there. Mr. Brightside, of course, goes excellent first up. Be very hard to beat, but dollar ninety leave me out of that. Mm. Uh, by the way, Tim Ryan's just sent me a text message, gents, in relation to the provincial midway champs final. Uh, our Kobe son second favourite eight dollars. So Tabby time still four fifty favourite. Our Kobe son eight dollars with Tim two seventy five the place. What do we think about that? Yeah, that's good. You get your... You've got to get in the race. Um, look, the, the bonus you've got is that you get your money back if it's not nominated for the qualifier, but it'll probably run in the qualifier. They would think, look, I'd have it. I think they've pretty much got it right. Uh, Terra Mata, Jared Austin's horse is certainly right in the mix. So it's every year, I think, the, the country and the provincial championships, the provincial midway and country are just two outstanding races. I look they forward are. to them. Uh, let's get your horses to follow. So I'll start with you, Gator. What horses are we following from the weekend? All righty. We have two from each state. I've got uh, Steffi Magnetica. Surely is a win in her soon. Um, and Lady of Camelot was difficult to miss. I don't think I'll get a gold star there. A couple out of um, Caulfield. 
Kin should have won again. He's <laughs> cursed that horse and lost. Um, although beaten, there's plenty of good wins in that girl. Yeah. Uh, that was a, a tough way to start the day. Lost. Uh, let's get to you, Richie. What are we uh, horses following? Uh, I'm going to give you three horses to follow, Davy Boy, and that right. is Pharaoh's Reign. It raced in the first race, the uh, the midway. I just reckon she's the type of mare that wants a little sting out of the trap, so I think she's come back in good order. I thought her run was terrific. Salt Coats, no one missed it. Chris Waller's horse, and like Gator, Steffi Magnetica was super in Melbourne. And I tell you what, if it got the luck on Saturday, it might have, it might have just got the money in the last. What about your horses to follow, Chris? Uh, I I plop for um, Fearless. I thought it was very good. I think going forward, it's going to be a nice two-year-old. May may even extend beyond the the uh, the twelve hundred metres. Hard to say. I think it ticked their twelve hundred metre box on the weekend. They'll find a race for for it very soon. And as Richie said, you couldn't miss Salt Coats second and third up. I think it'll be winning one of those races, and you can probably back it at both of those runs. Good stuff. Gents, thanks so much for being part of Punters Postmortem on this Monday. Great to chat with you. Thanks to our callers as well. And look forward to seeing how the week unfolds. Enjoy those trials tomorrow, Richie. Yeah, mate. Looking forward to it. <laughs>